You're listening to a DM podcast. We are underway. G'day, guys. Welcome to Talking League. We are a weekly NRL fantasy podcast. I'm your host, TK, and I'm here with Andy. How you going, guys? Good to be here again. And also, Corby. What a team we have to look at today. You're pretty pumped, aren't you? <laughs> so, guys, team previews continue today, and we have... Now, Corbs, you love the Dragons, mate. Are you pumped? Yeah, I wish I heard that song more last year, but uh, <laughs> 2021, I'm not holding my breath to hear it anymore either. I reckon you should probably record that and play it in your own room because you won't hear it this year either. Oh. <laughs> I do anyway. That's that's an early one. But, boys, very fa- fantasy-relevant team with a new coaching staff in at the Dragons. We'll be catching up with Matty Elliott shortly, but – so much room for bargains and not a lot of job security, boys. So what are you thinking right now? I'm excited because usually the defensive team or the defensive points are really high with Dragons because there's a lot of lot of tackling. Mm. Hence, yeah, McInnes <laughs> scoring 72 lots of points last year. So um, now keen to see what the predictions might be, what the changes happen. Hunt going back to uh, halfback, how, what the whole uh, uh, team looks like. Yeah. So the show tonight, guys, we'll be catching up first with Dragons assistant coach Matt Elliott. But before we get to Matty, just a couple of announcements. We will be starting a Talking League fantasy comp and also the tipping comp. The both will have cash prizes, which will be free to join for all our listeners and all their friends. So more details will be posted at TalkingLeaguePod.com as we approach the season. Also, head over to social media for our daily player and team analysis. Facebook and Instagram, you'll find us at Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. Also, if you can share the show with your family and friends and also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or the Facebook page, that would be much appreciated. But let's get to Matty Elliott. All right, guys, joining us on the line is Dragons assistant coach, Matt Elliott. Matty, welcome to the pod, bud. Oh, mate, I'm stoked. This is my second chance at a time. I'm going to try and get it right this time, Tristan. <laughs> mate, second time's always good, bud. Always good. But, mate, first things first, because we we're just talking about how it's all kind of come together for you. Really excited for you back at the Dragons, back in the NRL. But how did the job first come about? Yes, yeah, full circle. I started um, my coaching career at the Dragons under Brian Smith about a million and fifty years ago. But um, look, uh, to be honest, uh, I interviewed Hook on ABC Radio probably I don't know a week before, and uh, I was just talking to him, and he, he actually contacted me about a couple of people that I knew that had you know had asked him about the position, and I said, look, mate, give us a, a night, and I'll go away and have a think about it, and. Yeah, funnily enough, just probably in the six weeks prior, I'd been, it'd been the first real itch I'd had to get back into coaching for quite some time. So, yeah. uh, so I rang him back the next day. I said, mate, I've got an idea. I said, the guy's a bit of a goose, but I reckon he could be helpful to you. So, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's really how it, that's how it played out. Yeah, I'm glad you got the itch because I remember when we, we caught up a couple of years ago for the, the long podcast, yeah, at the time you were well into your new career and it didn't look like you were going to go back at all, but it's great to have you back. Like I said before the show, there's going to be plenty of people listening now that are disappointed about this NRL.com stuff, mate. We've got to get a good replacement. 
I'm sure they'll find someone that you know can ramble on a, a little bit and have an understanding of the game. But you know, I, I was so fortunate in my time, you know, not coaching. I wasn't away from the game. You know, I had the NRL.com for six years. And I did ABC Radio for six years, and you know that that kept me in. I did you know a little bit of media, other media stuff, and journalism, and yeah, that always stimulated my mind. But the real urge started to burn me. You know, just probably midway through last year. So it was yeah. It, it, it's been an absolute gift to be back in that environment. Yeah, Maddie, with you and Hook both being in the media for the last two years, being an NRL coach is so hard, especially managing that side of things, especially with the media. The media can be brutal at times. Have you guys had a chat a little bit about kind of how you guys, what you've learnt being on the other side of things and what you guys bring to this team, especially as a lot of young players in this team? Yeah, I think, you know, i tell you what, Anthony Griffin is, is you know, just such... I, you know, I thought he was a good coach, but you know, when I, I've known him for quite some time, but having a close association with him now, I, I mean, I, I'm honestly sounds like I'm, you know, messing in someone's pocket here, but I couldn't be more impressed. And I'll, I'll give you an example of why, and this is just one analogy of so many things that, you know, that, that has really, you know, honestly just astounded me. You know, when he came out of coaching and out of the uh, the Penrith job. You know, he, he to himself understood that he didn't really deal with the media the way that he needed to. Mm. So he consciously sought a position in the media yeah. so that he could get a better understanding of how to do that. I mean, I wish I could say my role in the media you know, was as well thought out as that. Mine wasn't. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I just love the opportunity to actually still be around the game and watch the game and, you know, share my insights with people. But, you know, Hook went there with a, you know, a clear intention to develop himself, um, not only as a person, but as a coach. And I, and I think that that probably speaks a lot. As to, you know, he, he wanted to actually not only be a better coach, but he wanted to be able to represent the organisation and the players in a better way. And there was no better way for him to do it than actually get into the media. Yeah, mate, I'm going to piss in your pocket a little bit. Still to this day, the two smartest guys I feel that I've interviewed yourself and Hook. So I was pretty stoked when you two got together. I'm actually going to take credit for it. I, I, put, yeah, it out, mate, I you, put it out there. Okay. Well, mate, yeah, that's it. I, let's write a book and we can do that. But, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you saying that. I was I was going to finish where you said, you know, what what's the difference, you know, about coaching in the media. Yeah. Um, the, the thing from my perspective that I, I had to – tutor myself on when I went back into coaching is is that in the media, you know, you, you get paid to have opinions. Yep. And and that's what you're there for and it doesn't matter that their opinions and some people think their opinions are right. Now I I never felt that way about my opinions. They're, they're not wrong or right. They're just what you you think and what you perceive. Um in coaching you're not paid to have an opinion. You're paid to be right. Yeah. And and as far as the way that you prepare your team and the messages that you send them. And, oh, and I guess that's the, the thing that, you know, I've had to cross that bridge back into that realm and, and make sure that, you know, any, any uh, um, information that you're providing or preparation that you're, you're guiding is, is that you've got to make sure that it's right. It, it, it can't be opinion-based. Yeah. Hey, Matty, is it any different now that you're employed as a coach in the NRL, when you're watching game tape compared to when you were in the media, do you think your perspective changes at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
But that again, I'm talking from an individual point of view there because that's changed for me. And I have, if you ask me why, why did it change? Why did you start looking at the game like a coach again? Yeah. I, have, I can't answer it. But it, it was funny, you know, I work with Anthony Minicello in my business. Mm. And I, I remember Anthony saying to me six months ago, well, you know, mid, midway through last year when we were, you know, we were doing programs online instead of live, he said, you're thinking of coaching again, aren't you? What are you talking about, mate? You're off with the pixies. So, <laughs> yeah. So y- yes, you definitely do um, look at look at footage differently because obviously, if you're invested in the team, you're not so much looking at both teams, and you're not looking at the bigger, no, not necessarily the bigger picture thing, but you're looking at how both teams are interacting with each other. When when you're you know, digging down into specific areas of individual performance and team performance. You do look at it a lot more deeply, which is, I forgot how much fun it is. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, mate, your role as attacking coach, like from the outside looking in, especially with the Dragons last year, they had a very big tendency to really attack the right, which I guess when you got the likes of Frizzell having last year and also Lomax, you might attack there. But it kind of brought a little bit of an imbalance. Like Ravalau, I think he scored 12 tries and Piero only scored like one try. Have you and Hook had a look at that in the offseason already? No, you know what? You know, again, Hook's been great in that the past is the past, and we're coming in, and he, you know, he was very strong with myself and Pete General yeah. about developing systems of play that were about what, what we, how we wanted the team to play, rather than evolving stuff. So, yeah, he he was strong on that, and I guess the thing that I looked at when I came was, well, what are the strengths of the individuals and. You know, there's some great ball carriers you know, in the, in this Dragons team and there, there's some players there that you know, certainly have more to offer. So, you know, that's the style of the attack that we need to adopt and the, the style of defence that we need to adopt is one that, that suits the team. I, I think that, again, the, the, the wisdom shared by Anthony around this for both Pete and I is, is He's, he's gone off and empowered us to do it, but the direction, the subtle direction that he's given us is, as I say, I'm, you know, I, you know, I've had a lot of experience as a head coach, and I'd have to say I wish sometimes I'd imparted the same, you know, rather than telling my head assistants what they need to do, the same sort of approach that Anthony has with us, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, you mentioned ball carriers. One of the guys I was impressed in last year was Josh Kerr. Obviously went to Queensland. Yep during the State of Origin series. Do you think he's kind of at that point where now he's going to be looking at maybe a starting role, increasing minutes, Matty? Oh, absolutely, mate. And, you know, I, goodness, you know, he came back in January. So, you know, he, we missed the first five weeks because he was at, on origin duty. And, and wow, that he's a, a guy, just a bundle of energy yeah. who wants to deliver his best footy. Um, you know what a great character, but you know he, you know what I've, I've also found out about him. He's a great learner and very coachable. So when you see a guy of that, you know he started as a wing, you know. So Did when he you really he's got, well, yeah, okay, yeah, but he's got so much athleticism. So um, uh, an untapped talent, definitely, certainly, obviously young and. You know, his best foot is in front of him. But, you know, to have someone as that committed as he is, you know, and looking to find ways to get better, you know, he's an exciting 
prospect, you know, for all Dragons fans. Mate, another guy that impressed me last year, only in limited minutes, was Poesa that you got from the Roost. I'm not even going to say his surname. I'll, I'll blow it. But I've heard Hook talking about really stiffening up that middle. How's he kind of progressed over the offseason? Yeah, Poa is, is definitely a player that I'm excited about as well. He's um he's got a um you I'm going to describe it in an old analogy. Ruben Wiki off the field was the nicest person you've ever yeah, met in yeah. your life. <laughs> yeah, he was just yeah. such a great human being. So nice to the players, his teammates. So nice to fans. Nice to everyone across the stripe. Different person. Yeah, across the stripe. When Ruben crossed the stripe, you know, send up the flares and beware. Yep. Um. And Power has got that streak in him. He's he's just when he's out there, yeah, he's he's looking for scalps. So yeah, really exciting player. But again, you, you wouldn't meet a nicer, you know, softer human <laughs> away from the training paddock. Yeah, I love that. What about mate? Another one that kind of he had moments last year. Jackson Ford. How's his off season been? Yeah, he's, look, he's a young developing player in the back row, and you're going to he's a He's a person that we're going to speak about in five years about, my goodness, you know, as a young guy coming through, look at the development, look where he's at now. I, I really feel that he's, he's an ultimate professional in his uh, preparation. Mm. You know, for him, like a lot of young back rowers, it's about him, you know, owning his own confidence and, you know, and, and being, you know, and developing that. It's, it's a position that requires a lot of, Decision making both defensively and attack. Yep. So he, yeah, he's a, you know, he's he's certainly going to be a, I believe, a, a long time first grade player. Yeah, mate. Another name, a big name, Tarek Sims. He missed a lot of footy last year. Big blow because he's an Origin level player. How's his body looking at the moment? Yeah, look, here we go. So this is, look, I guess I wasn't as aware of you know the amount of injuries he's had or you know how he's been able to train, but. The feedback from his own teammates to me is, oh my goodness, Taz is like he hasn't trained like this for a few years. So he's obviously, you know, had to battle through preseason, you know, around injury and that that creates a lot of distractions. But oh, I tell you what, he's in good shape at the moment, yeah. and he's a guy that has a, a you know a really good impact on the people around him. So you know, obviously we we want him to stay you know healthy, and if it, you know, when he stays healthy, he's going to have a you know a good impact on the team. I believe. Yeah, mate. I'm really ex- even being a Sharks fan. I'm really excited to see Jack Bird back. I played watched a lot of him play uh, through his debut all the way through. One of the big reasons why we won a competition in 2016, and I think being back in a great environment like the Dragons, back home for him, I think yep. it'll be a great season. But how's kind of Jack progressing? Is it going to be a softly, softly approach with Jack? Like. What are you guys thinking in terms of where he's going to start in round one? Yeah, look, again, I'm going to give Hook a lot of credit here. He understands, you know, what Jack's been through over the last few years and, you know, and, and some of the challenges that has both physically and psychologically, you know, on a person. He is bouncing out of his skin now because he's back in full training. Mm. And, um, you know, but, but, you know, Hook's wise enough to, to make sure that that, yeah, that enthusiasm isn't tempered, but it's also he's just easing him back in the right way. The good thing about you know answering the last part of that question, what positions he's going to play, yeah. the answer is yes. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> the answer to that is yes. Because is he going to play in the back 
or as a centre? Well, he played in the grand final when he started at right centre, so yes. Now, is he going to play fullback all the time? So yes. Is he going to play in the halves? And he played State of Origin in the halves, so that's a potential yes. He's like Orbo, isn't he? He can dead set play every position. Like, he dead set good. He's just a footballer. Yeah, he is. And and you can just see his mentality building at the moment. So, I, you know, I think, again, in that sort of situation, you know, we all have our own opinions. But that one, I believe that, that, that that's the solution and the answer to that is going to be handled by the head coach and Jack. And, and at the moment, I think that he's moving at just the right speed. Yeah. Matty, just to finish you off, we'll look at a couple of the rookies. But just last year with no New South Wales Cup, you know, that was a hindrance right across the league because a lot of these kind of 18, 19-year-olds didn't get a, an opportunity to really physically test themselves against men. Is the likes of kind of Jaden and the Fagai brothers, I know Cody Ramsey's put a hot hell of a lot of bulk on as well, are these boys ready for the physicalness of 25 rounds? Well, they've certainly demonstrated that in the preseason. And, you know, that, that's tough. That, that was the other thing that, you know, coming back to the, to the Dragons, the St. George, Illawarra Dragons, um, is that the catchment area is pretty stunning, and there's some, you know, it's a pretty high quality quality area that to develop football players through. And man, look, well, we've got some young guys coming through. You talked about the young uh, sea guys. I, I'm I'm going to say it that way, even though that's not the right pronunciation. I'm going to get that. Sea <laughs> guys, you know, we're trying to get that right for them. But okay, you know, Jaden Sullivan, as you said, you know, a really exciting talent. Cody Ramsey, mind-boggling um, and what he's going to be able to produce as a footballer. A, look, remember this name, Junior Ramone. Okay. Trust me. Right. Remember that name. Junior and Ramone. we've got a host. What, what position host, is he, Matty? He, he's probably a six or a lock, but again, maybe a, like a Laurie Daly starts in the centres. Who knows? So yeah, there's, there's some exciting talent coming through. And, you know, it's good when you've got, you know, a good mix of young players and the senior players got their rear vision mirrors full of these guys. Yeah. You know, you're putting the right kind of competitive pressure on them, you know, for positions and, and at training they're doing that as well. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, Matt, how have Cody Ramsey and Jaden Sullivan in particular, like they're noted speedsters, how have they handled that kind of extra bulk? Yeah, well, I think, you know, Cody's put on a fair bit of weight. Uh, and he still looks skinny. Yeah, okay. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. well, what's his best position, Matty? Oh, again, that's just, just it's almost a Jack Bird answer. So that he's, a foot, one. he's a footy player as well. Yeah, man. He, you know, in our post stuff, he's been doing a lot of fullback, and you know, oh, again, you you can't help but be, you know, be going wow, you know, and and that's you know that's so good for, for Matt Duffy to see that. But we've played him on the centre and wing, you know, in, in those opposed as well. And his contribution in all those spots has been, you know, you know pretty top, top level. So, you know, again, he, the great thing about him, and he'll, you know, at the moment you can't see him not being in the team, that's for sure. Yeah, Matt, in terms of, like, expectations, I remember that year that you had at Canberra when you had Jason Smith leading him. And it it was like, I don't want to disrespect him, but it was a little bit of a no-name team, but you guys achieved so much. How did like this is a final question? How how did you do that that year? Yeah, well, again, we were able to create a culture there in Canberra that we we understood that maybe we didn't have the best roster, but we we also 
you know, committed to each other that whenever the teams played us, they had to beat us. We yeah. weren't going to lose. Um, and so there was, you know, and again, we had some systems of play that were that were really highly effective for that group of players, not not something that was taken from someone else. And so, and when then you have leadership like, you know, you know, Jason Smith, Jason Croker, mm. Clinton Schlossky, you know, we, we have some senior players in that team that both on and off the field, even though you know, people talk about Jason Smith and Jason Croker off the field being a little bit wild, what they did was is that that they also made, made sure that there was control when they were off the field as well. If that makes sense, and yeah. they led the way, they led the way at training. Yeah, are you seeing? So, are you seeing something different? Uh, sorry, similar at at Wollongong, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's been players that have you know have probably well, there's been quite a few players that people have been saying that they're not playing their best footy. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that you know that some of those individuals have are, are certainly, you know, from me from an assistant coaching perspective, taking a lot of pressure off me as an assistant coach because you know sharing their wisdom of you know how things can be better and you know they're leading the way you know, it, look you can't not lead the way at training and then expect to go on the field and lead the way on the field and you know the senior players are doing that at training which I that, that I find that super encouraging yeah can't wait to see you guys play Matty Elliott all the best of luck for 2021 really looking forward to seeing you play thanks again for stopping by the podcast and also Send my regards to Hook as well, too, please, mate. I will, mate. I cannot wait for number three. Oh, I'm mate. Just, mate, you know what? Tell Hook tomorrow at training, number three will be his number two and your number three, and we'll do, like, you two together. How about that? Uh, well, mate, Did I sell again, it? You, mate, you, you sold it to me. You, mate, what a, what a, you know, again, someone that you think has, you know, has a fairly simple and clear approach to, to footy, which he does, but. You know, again, a guy that has a really good understanding of human behaviour as well. Definitely, mate. You're a, you're a match made in heaven. All the best with it, mate. All right, mate. Thanks very Thanks, much. Thanks, Matty. All right, boys, let's rip in and chat a little fantasy. Now, Josh, first, the relevance. You did a little piece on Cameron McInnes, a fan favourite of yours. You know, we're going to talk firstly about the big dogs, Cameron McInnes, Ben Hunt, and then also Zach Lomax. But let's start with Cam. What's your value on Classic this year for, for McInnes? Well, he's huge, and it's that dual position. I think this year, him having that second row still carrying into this year, and it looks like he's going to get the the first start at hooker. Yeah, I mean, it, we we looked at the average uh, of him playing hooker in twenty twenty, and that was seventy five. And you're not going to get a seventy five second row. Angus Crichton might go near it, but that's a massive one. So if you can get Cam McGuinness and then snag another hooker. In at that fifty, mm. that's going to do wonders for your team. So yeah, he's he's a big one for me. Are you worried with his uh, high price though? Nine seventy two. I don't. I, I see him dropping from the first start of the season. I see him going down, like losing a couple mm. of games. Maybe it's going to fifty or sixty, and then pick him up later. Yeah, that's always the the way with that. But yeah, last year he just maintained it the whole <laughs> way through. So yeah. yeah, sometimes you can get caught out going that way, but. He is one on my. He is one of the big guns that I'm going to take, and it's the dual position is a big reason for that. Yeah, boys, put it to both of you. 
He's Andy put up a good point about the sustainability of that 70 points and whether he can do it again. The biggest thing is, and maybe Andy, you can take this one, position uncertainty, whether he plays lock or hooker. Is that going to be a big decision maker and whether you pick him up? Uh, no, I think he'll score high either way. Um, I'm thinking maybe the fact that Hook has been talking about signing McCulloch instead. Like, mm. surely McInnes is like, well, well he's long term. Uns- it's uncertain now, yeah, isn't it? So like, his like, long term future. I'd be upset. And considering he was a whole team last year, I don't see him scoring 72 again. I think it was a bit less than that. So. Yeah. Josh, to, for the Dragons, you're a Dragons fan. For the Dragons to be better, and we both agreed about this today. They need better balance in their team. They remind me a lot of the Sharks before the Sharks became good in 2016. Do not compare them ever to the Sharks. We are not like the Sharks. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't win comps. Yeah, so but back to 2016 when Gao tried to do everything before that, and it just became a very unbalanced team. Like, for example, Cameron last year averaged something like 56 tackles. The next best hooker was Appy at 50, someone else comparable. Damian Cook and Harry Grant, 48 and 47 tackles. He... The other day, I didn't actually realise this because he does it quietly, Josh. He's got 100 metres running per game, which really, really surprised me. He kind of does it surprisingly, doesn't he? Yeah, that's something I noticed. He's running the ball a lot more, even from hooker. He had an extra 40 metres mm. at hooker compared to in running metres compared to 2018, 2019. I think it was up around the 140 at lock, but you assume he's going to run it more at okay. lock. Put it on the line, the Josh. Will you pick him up? Yeah, he'll Andy. be in my team in classic. I think I'll wait in Classic. I'll wait to maybe round four. Yeah, I'm going to wait it too. I think I'm going to take Cook. But, boys, next guy, Ben Hunt. What's the value? At this stage, Hook said that he will start in the number seven jersey. But when you think he could, again, his position is very, very uncertain in this team. Either of you seeing any value in Ben Hunt? Uh, well, with Hunt, I think he, he averaged 53 at a halfback and 62 at hooker. Mm. So still decent prices. But I, towards the end of the season last year, he's sort of – uh, his price right price rise because he was playing hooker a bit. So yeah. it was seven hundred and thirty eight. That's what he's paying now. But that was after a high couple of, of points. So I think he's a uh, starter. But I'm going to wait again with with the Hunt, same as McKinnis, because he will drop down again if he starts half back. Yeah, Corby seven hundred thirty eight grand to get Hunt. I'm a pass. You? Yeah, I'm a pass. Especially when you heard Elliot bring up the name Junior Amoni. Then yeah. you look at Sullivan who. I mean, one of our listeners showed some highlights to me and TK, and if Hunt doesn't perform, you've got to let these young guys come through. There's big raps on them all. Elliot couldn't stop talking about it, which is exciting as a Dragons yeah, fan. Absolutely. Third guy of the big three, Zach Lomax. Now, he comes in at 627 grand. That is pricey for me. Loses his dual positioning. For me, at this stage, he's going to be a pass. I've got a couple other centers that we will reveal later in different team shows. The only thing that concerns me, and I'll let you guys take from here, is that he scored 13 tries last year. When he didn't score tries, he only averaged 35, and he only runs for 100 metres, which is well below kind of your your marquee centres. Even you and Aiken, he was doing something like 160 metres running metres. So, boys, where do we sit on, on Lomax? Andy? I'm at a percentage, and it's 100. <laughs> Are you going to pick him? <laughs> I'll pick him because he's just – look, what other centre do you get that scores 47 and average? And that's with the most – he topped the handling errors for – Last year for the whole NRL. Yep. I think it was 40 or something like that. And to still score 47, he's going to get better. He's just a star in the making. So I'm 100% locked him in. Josh, Corby, as a Dragons fan, can you see him scoring 13 tries plus again? That price tag in centre, no. I think I can make better coin on others 
And and you asked about the attack down the right edge. Mm. It, there was a lot of attack down there. Frizzell might, with him gone, it might be shared a little bit and might not see so much down that right edge. And, yeah, you, you can't rely. You need the base stats. Okay, let's okay. move on. Boys, that was a good start. I'll give you give us a <laughs> nice little start there. All right, boys, next, Pawasa Fama Musili and also Jackson Ford, two of the boys that Maddie spoke about in his interview. But it, there's a good chance that both of these guys might take the 13 and 12 jersey. Josh, let's kick off with you. Any interest in Pawasa? Pawasa is a teamless Tuesday, and I'm counting down the days. <laughs> yeah. But he, he's got a good uh, points per minute. But again, if he's not getting good time, uh, I'm not going near him. So he'll be a late inclusion pending Teamless Tuesday. Jackson Ford, uh, I think I might go him. I'll be looking at him closely. Again, Teamless Tuesday is going to determine that one. Yep. But a couple of little lines from Elliot, long-term first grader, ultimate professional. There's some good little um, words going towards maybe a starting second rower. Yeah, what I liked about Poasa, like no one gets rap saying that they like Ruben Wiki easy. Like Ruben's one of the greatest players they've ever played. So to, to kind of describe him like that, that's a huge rap. Also, just went back to a couple of his stats when he went to the Warriors on loan, round six against the Souths, forty three or fifty minutes, and Storm he played round seven, thirty four or forty two minutes. So just kind of looking at the quality of opposition and what he can score. So that's pretty decent considering he's still not a huge member of the Warriors team and he wasn't really training with them at all. So give him a little bit of opportunity, maybe a 50-minute gig. Like Josh said, that team list Tuesday, if he's on that, I'm grabbing, if he's got that 13 jersey, he's in my Especially team. Especially for 293K as well. Yeah. But the only issue is with the other forwards that are pushing into the team for the Dragons, you've got Alvaro, Josh Kerr, um, and... On their as well, so yeah, I think he's going to have a bit of a challenge to push for those minutes. But for two nine three, having your emergency just if he does start on Team List Tuesday, and uh, see how we go from there. Yeah, two to put onto the watch list. So we're going good again, boys. All right, Andy, I'm going to start with you because first episode of Talking League, you mentioned Jack Bird. Now he spoke, Maddie spoke a little bit about Jack Bird. He comes in a little bit pricey for someone who hasn't played last year, three hundred and seventy four k. But how are you feeling? Well, it worried me. And he said, utility. Mm. Like he goes, oh, he can play anywhere. And that worries me hard. <laughs> Foot number 14 jersey, right? Yeah, so yep. look, it happened to Tyron Peachy a lot uh, the year before last year. Then he finally, eventually cemented that 13 lock spot. So mm. look, I still think he's a chance uh, pending uh, the old TLT. <laughs> so until he's in the starting lineup, you're not going anywhere near him? Oh, he's a late draft pick for me. Um but, yeah, it'll be wait until Team is Tuesday to pick him up in Classic. Okay. Tarek Sims, he got a massive rap as well. I'll stick with you, Andy. Tarek yep. Sims, does he interest you at all? He does. He does. So I liked him last uh, last couple of years. Yep. Um, and he had, had a couple of injury. Um, oh, huge on injury. Oh, was he? A broken forearm yep. and all that stuff. But, again, um, he didn't say it, but he should have. He was training the house down. <laughs> He looks good. That's what I heard. So, Like at 507K, I'm probably not looking at him just yet for Classic, but end of a draft, if you need a second rower, sorry, an edge player now it's called, I'm actually looking at him. If, if he's around that 8th to 10th round and he's still available, I'm still probably going to grab him, Josh. Yeah, he he did use pretty much every other cliche apart from <laughs> throwing the house down. <laughs> and, uh, I was waiting about, for it. There's about four or five players I've noticed just from the first two team previews. So I don't know how much value that line or those lines have. He's, yeah, his price at 500K has him around that 40 average. 
that's not great for an edge. I'll, I'd want a bit more, but yeah, I, I would. Unless I get him late, I'm not going near him either. Okay, stick with you, Josh. Norman, any interest? I'd for so as a Dragons fan, Norman can frustrate me as a footballer. <laughs> but then looking at his fantasy stats, he he actually goes pretty well. What does he do good, Josh? What does he do good? Yeah, I don't kicking? know. I'd have to go and check the scoring a little bit better. But no, he he seems to run the ball a bit, kicking meters, um, a tackle bus. Uh, he gets a couple of try assists. Just just all round with his stats, he sits around that fifty, which I'll definitely take. But he won't be in my classic team. Okay, let's move on. A few value grabs, please. So value now. We've mentioned Daniel Avaro. So someone I want to bring up because if he gets some minutes down at the Dragons, he he actually had hookers, his 20s coach, back at the Broncos. That's where he originally is from. So they've got history together, and he, he got brought in quite late, but there's probably something that Hook's probably seeing there. So stats 2018 when he had his best year at Para, 50 points off 45 minutes. He had his more – he's had those head knocks in 2019. He didn't play much at all, 31 average of 35 minutes. 2020, he didn't play – Pretty much at all. He even got the loan spell. 23 average of 19 minutes. What impresses me, boys? 1.1 on his points per minute. Now, he's at 296K. So in terms of when you're trying to fill the back end of your classic team, in terms of someone in mind, if he's, again, this the Dragons are a teamless Tuesday galore team. But for me, 296K, he's getting an emergency spot. Andy? Well, I had him two years ago uh, when he played for Para. I'm a Para fan and I loved him. Mm. I rated him and everyone used to sort of not like his effort, but he always put in and he scored well that year. Then I was like, oh, great, I'll pick him up the next year. And he was a flop. <laughs> but I think he just didn't get the game time. But look, new coach, new team. Yep. I think if he puts in, he'll out he'll outscore that 296 price anyway. So. Yep. Josh Corbs. Yeah, he's a cheapie that I'll maybe fit in. But again, yeah, the teamless Tuesday for that one. He does – I don't think he'll get massive minutes though, unless there's an injury. I think Kerr and Vaughan are – Going to be your starting two. Yeah. If he gets that 35 to 40, I think still worth it. Next guy I want to touch your touch base on, Jordan Pereira, 462K. Now, last year he had an average of 34. 15 games, only one try. All the all the play went through Avalawa last year. Two stats I want to take to you that you might be of interest. 167 meters per game, five tackle breaks per game. If he starts scoring tries, is he something that you would consider, Andy? With those stats there, 100%. Good base stats, right? <laughs> yeah, they're great. I didn't realize it was 32 with just baits. Yeah. It's just base. So. Corby, yeah, as a Dragon supporter, how's, how's your feeling towards Jordan? Yeah, I like him getting the ball close to the line. He is a tackle breaker. So, yeah, his base stats, if they do go down that way a little bit more, a couple of attacking stats, he moves into that mid-40s. and Boys, imagine he scores. He could start scoring top 40s, maybe even 50s. It could be a little bit, little bit of a pod. Jesus, big time. Now, boys, let's spice it up to finish off. These rookies, plenty of talent there. Corby, you like we, you go first. You're a Dragons boy. Have this Ram- Ramsey, Sullivan, Fagai, or Junior Amon. Who do you reckon is most likely to play? Cody Ramsey from the talk. It, what was it? Can't see him not being in the team was Elliot's words. Mm. So is he going to play that Nick Hines utility on the bench or is he going to lock down a wing? And and whose spot is he going to take? I mean, both those wingers are, were pretty solid. They didn't get the most attacking opportunities, especially Pereira. But uh, I'm probably looking more at uh, Max Fayega. Yeah. I think he's, he's a, a lock-in straight away for my team. I think he'll get that centre spot. 
cheap too, boys. Two forty six k for Maxi Cody. Two forty two k. Andy, any interests? Um, not really. I was looking at Cody Ramsey, but there's still not enough um, evidence on him. So I think, yeah, everyone talks him up. All oh, the next best thing, but I'd like to have a little bit more. Uh, boys, more meters on the on the run board. You know who gets a. Uh, and that's Jaden Sullivan. Not because he's a bad player. I give him that to NRL Fantasy. They've rated him at 440k after one performance where he scored 54 points against the depleted Storm team that ripped the entire team out. And they've just caught one performance. That is ridiculous. I'm not going anywhere near Jaden Sullivan, even if he starts. Poor bloke. I feel sorry for him. Yeah, well, that's a big price. For such huge for price. one game evidence, it's just not it's enough. Huge boys, but yeah. So yeah, you guys aren't touching him either. And Amon's not listed at the moment. I think that's because he's outside the top thirty. But I'm sure that, given the rap that that Maddie just gave him, he's talking about him being like a Laurie Daly type. So wouldn't surprise me to him for him to work his way into the top thirty. And yeah, sneaky maybe, pickup. He if could he maybe makes maybe someone just to add onto the watch list. Mm. All right, guys, good summary today. Next up on the show, guys, we've got Craig Fitzgibbon from the Sydney Roosters, and we'll also do a bit of a wrap-up on the fantasy prospects of the Roosters. If you can, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find us at Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook page, and all the info will be there at www.talkingleaguepod.com. But it's bye for now, guys.